But I think we need to receive the gift to pull on the gift. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you. You may sit down, please. See, I'd share about saturation. I remember somebody saying, go for it, hon. Go for it. That's what my husband said to me. You go for it, hon. Hallelujah. Open up to 2 Corinthians 5.20, if you would, real quick. All the messages, by the way, have been geared along the lines for evangelism, being disciples, and making disciples. Amen? For several weeks. Pastor Tim's message last week I thought was tremendous. I was so encouraged and enriched by it. A few weeks back, when we launched this, we I, I delved into it for a couple of weeks. But today's message, uh, it's in the, a theme of love, the greatest of all. Amen? Love, God's love is the greatest thing of all. Uh, but today's message is preparing for harvest. Let's all say it, preparing. Preparing for harvest. So three weeks ago, we looked at 2 Corinthians. We concluded our message, actually, with 2 Peter 3, 9. And I'll just read that to you. Please turn to 2 Corinthians 5, 20. 2 Peter 3, 9, where we left off, was, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as though God were, I'm sorry, as some count slackness, but the Lord is long-suffering toward us. Aren't you glad? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Praise God. But 2 Corinthians 5.20, a verse that said something very distinctly to the church and about the church. We've shared it here. We actually had a Sunday where we encouraged and exhorted the body here, dress like an ambassador and come to church next Sunday like an ambassador. And folks came in with their suits. I mean, we were sporting. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The ladies came in like with dresses and it was like, okay, we're ambassadorettes and ambassadors of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But um, so let's read this together in unison, shall we? Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Leave it up there, Josh. Yes, Second Corinthians 5.20. Now, looking at this and reflecting on it, we could all quote it, maybe. Maybe not everybody could just quote it exact, but we, we could pretty much quote it by memory about being an ambassador. But I, I wrote this down. Sometimes we wrestle with what God says to us. And sometimes we wrestle with what he says about us. Come on, y'all with me. Sometimes we wrestle with what God says to us. There's a little bit of wrestling going on. Come on. Let's just be honest. And sometimes we wrestle with what God says about us. Truly, we are 
who God says we are. Say with me. We are who God says we are. Say this with me. We can do what God leads us to do. All right, now I'm just going to read to you. God doesn't force his will on us. He reveals, reveals his will to us and accomplishes his will through us. He reveals his will to us and accomplishes his will through us. Would that be accurate according to, to in your processing of scripture? Amen. So, yeah, like Carol said, man, I want to preach back at me. Hallelujah. Faith in his word requires us to act on the truth revealed. Would you agree with that? So let's look at this again. We are ambassadors. And you've heard this. And you've heard it. And you've heard it. And you've heard it. I'm an ambassador of Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. Amen. What again is an ambassador? A representative. According to the Webster's, the highest ranking official sent from one land to another or from one country to another. The highest ranking official sent from one nation to another to represent their home nation. Kind of make me get my shoulders back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm an ambassador. Glory to God. She got papa. I am one of God's highest representatives sent from heaven to this planet. <laughs> Glory to God. Come on. And we're talking about spiritual realities. We're not talking about your, your human birth and your human experience. We're talking about spiritual things, heavenly things. Amen. If we are seated in Christ in heavenly places, that's not a figment of imagination. It's not an allegory. It's not a metaphor. We are right now seated in heavenly places in Christ. Right next to the Father. Where's Jesus? He's right next to the Father. And we're in him. Is there anybody that you love that you carry in your heart? Come on. They're with you everywhere you go. <laughs> we're in Christ and the good news is Christ is in us. And I've said it here before you and I occupy two places simultaneously. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Romans eight, one and two, please. Romans chapter eight, verses one and two. I want you to think about this. This is in a context of being ambassadors making disciples, we represent the, the kingdom of God. We represent the kingdom and nation of heaven, the country of heaven. The highest ranking official sent from heaven to earth. Do you agree that Jesus was that? 
Everybody, you agreeing? Hallelujah. As he is, so are we in the world. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to raise a re- bring greater revelation in each one of our hearts of who we are because of whose we are. <laughs> Amen. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Josh, let's read it together. There is therefore, come on, read it together out loud. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So just pause that a second. There, say it again. There is therefore when? When? Go ahead. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's pretty good position. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. No condemnation. God knows what we were. When you and I asked him to forgive us of all our sin, he made a choice. I will forgive you. One. Hallelujah. I will cleanse you from it. Two. Amen. Thirdly, I cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. I choose to never remember your past sin again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm grateful. Next verse. For the law, let's read it together. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free or made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life. Zoe. God kind of life. God life. God life. Say God life. Say God faith. Jesus did never said in the scripture, have faith in God. He said, have faith gods. I'll tell you what it is. Um, it, it changes your perspective. It begins to stir something deep in you. If this is Ray Shannon's Bible, and it is, I got proof. It's got my name on it. This is Raymond P. Shannon's Bible. But if I say, hey, Albert, have Ray Shannon's Bible. For a moment. (laughs) Have my Bible. Have my Bible. Amen. Have my Bible. What does he have now? What? Jesus said, have faith, God's. Possessive case, God the Father's. Have faith, God's. What's the context? He just cursed a tree. He demonstrated the power and the authority of heaven itself. As an ambassador, Jesus was the first ambassador. Come on. The sec, the last Adam, second and last Adam. Hallelujah. As an ambassador, he came. 
set his glory aside, came as a perfect human being. Come on. Say good news. He cursed the tree. And it's interesting. The tree, he, the fig tree. He saw a tree. The scripture and the story is he saw a tree far off. And he said, come, I'm hungry. And he goes to get fruit from it. Now, the translators teach that there were, it was not the time. They add, say they add, they add to the scripture. It wasn't the season for figs. Well, then why in the world would Jesus even infer that there would be fruit on it? Amen? So there's a tension here in Scripture. But he says, come, I'm hungry. Let's go to the fig tree. But there's a significance that there wasn't figs there. They should be there. Say should. But there were none there. That's the, that's the, that un- takes care of the tension in it. It was a season for figs, but the figs weren't on the tree yet. The tree was representative of Israel and temple worship. The tree was a mirror or a type and shadow of temple worship. And what did he come when he he came into the temple? What did he find? Tax, you know, money changers, right? People buying and selling stuff. What did he do? He, he, he made a cord, a whip, and went in and began to whip the, the people that were exchanging and doing regular business in the tables, turning the tables over, right? Say, Son of God, Prince of Peace, the love of God manifest. Turning tables upside down and whipping the people. Now, was Jesus okay? Was Jesus right? Or was he out of order? You have to, what do he say? Why have you made my father's house a den of thieves? When my father's house is called to be a house of prayer. Amen. Jesus was functioning with the law of the spirit of life. He operated in the law of the spirit of life. Let me tell you something. You heard Pastor Carol addressing something about Jezebel. Something has to rise up inside of us, the church. That's the law of the spirit of life that calls sin, sin. That's able to say, that's darkness. That's a demon. That's a devil. And you don't back off it. It is what it is. And you say it when it's time to say it. I was saying to Carol, it's amazing to me that he stood before Herod. And that Herod, as the the governor, was asking Jesus all these ridiculous questions and trying to get him to trip up. And the Bible said Jesus answered him not a word. He didn't, even, didn't answer one thing he questioned him. Why? Because that devil had no authority over him. He called him a fox. Amen? Jesus said the devil has no part in me. And guess what? Anybody that's of the satanic spirit has no part in Christ. Amen? But you and I have, a, we, oh, we're of Christ. You and I have a voice. We're to be a voice. We're to make a change. You and I are part of his revolution. I said you and I are part of his revolution. Hallelujah. We need a a revolt against sin and, and darkness. Amen. Praise God. Wow. My computer passed out on that one. As believing disciples, 
this room filled with them. As believing disciples, we must realize that there are truths of Scripture that we should daily or frequently reflect and meditate on. Amen? Speaking to ourselves what God says about us. Speaking to ourselves what God says about us helps us to live a life of faith. Yes, you are. And walk in a victorious lifestyle. If you're... If your victorious experience, your victorious lifestyle experience seems to be at a low, get the word back in your heart and in your mouth. Amen. What's God say about you? Start saying it. This is what God says about me. And listen, in this season, I'm going to say something to you, regardless of your personal devotions, everything else you say. The Holy Ghost has got his finger on this for this house. And if you're part of this house, he's got this finger, his finger on this for you. We are ambassadors for Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that's who we are. Highest ranking officials sent from heaven to earth for this season, for now, for such a time as this. You've been born. Bless God. You and I. Hallelujah. To what? To represent the kingdom of God. To represent heaven itself. To bring Father's message. Glory to God. Bring Father's love. Amen. Hallelujah. This should be the most exciting experience you and I ever have. Being a Christian. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ah! Glory to God. I'm glad the air conditions weren't gone. I'll preach heaven down. Turn with me to Judges chapter 6 real quick. I'm going to show you something. I believe this, again, is just, it's building. Part of this message today is to help build faith into every one of our hearts that we are who God says we are. And there's a job that needs to get done, saints. Jesus said back in his day, he said to his, uh, his disciples, He said, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest, that that harvest might be harvested. He's talking about people. Say he's talking about people. Say, I can do this through Christ. I can say, I can do all things through Christ. I believe that every person in this room and anyone watching or hearing this, Read, you know, listening to it on the, uh, on, at, at the, at, on, on our website. We can fulfill the God's def- destiny and call. People are always saying, oh, if I only had a pulpit ministry. Everybody in the body of Christ has a pulpit. And that pulpit is everywhere your foot trods. Hallelujah. You are God's answer to people around you. How about that for a while? I am God's answer to those who he puts around me. Or I have God's answer for those he puts around me is better. Amen. And hopefully if I draw from the spirit, I'll be able to give God's answer to them for what they need now. Hallelujah. So I wrote it this way. Gideon in the scripture in an Old Testament example for one is an example of an average person. Say average person. If I was to ask you today, who in here, would you at least consider yourself average person? 
Let me see your hands. If you consider yourself to be an average person. I'm not, I know in Christ you're more than average. But I mean, in your human history. Average person. You know. We all have different schools uh, of, uh, of education, you know, levels of education. Amen. But I tell you what, there's more to education than just going through eight grades or high school or college. Amen. Well, anyway, let's stick to the point. I wrote it this way. Gideon in the Bible is an example of an average person receiving a vision from God with a mission. From God. Judges chapter 6. Now I'm going to pick it up at verse 11. There's a story here. Israelites. Israel was being. uh, They had been stripped of everything. The Midianites were controlling their land. Taking their food. And in verse 11 it says. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree which was an Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Ebezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. He was threshing wheat so they would have food, and the Midianites would not steal it. In a winepress, a place that was hidden from sight. Amen? And the angel of the Lord here, now look at the word angel in, in your Bibles or on the screen. It's also up here. Angel is capitalized. Anytime in the Old Testament that the word angel is capitalized, the Septuagint believed that that was a theophany, an appearance of Jesus before the incarnation. Amen? So the, the, uh, the angel of the Lord, they're capitalized. That is Jesus appearing to Gideon. Are you you with me? A pre-incarnate manifestation of Christ. And sat under the terebinth tree, which is an Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the abbey is right, while his son Gideon threshed wheat. Next verse, Josh. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you. Now, it'd be like me standing before Carol and say, Ray is with you. The Lord is with you. Gideon, speaking to Gideon, the angel of the Lord speaking to him, the Lord is with you. Are you with me? And said to him, you mighty man of valor. What God says about us sometimes doesn't line up with what we think about us. Amen. Amen. You mighty man of valor. He's hiding in a wine press. Threshing wheat. Right? But God speaks something. What does it say about God? He calls the things that are not as though they are. Amen? Why? Because he's God. And he loves, he calls you and I things we are to be. What we're, but the possibilities of what, what we can be and, and what we can accomplish in him. Amen. He calls it, he reveals it, but only through faith can we experience it. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Well, what is this in the realm of the gifts of the spirit? It's a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. 
and the gifts of the Spirit. There's a revelatory operation of the gifts of the Spirit right here. Mighty man of valor, call him the thing that is not as though it is. Amen? So he's bringing him something like, hey, Gideon, this is what I say about you. You are a mighty man of valor. Now, he was in no position in no, uh, to believe that of himself. Amen? So God was giving him ammunition, so to speak. God was giving him a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Like, Gideon, listen to me. First of all, the fact that he appeared to him. Amen? Now he's speaking, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Dear God, come on. When's the last time God spoke something to you that was so precious? And we should be experiencing it often. Verse 13. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Truthful statement. Amen. Amen. Say average guy. <laughs> Say chosen of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. My God, you mighty man of valor, faith calling the thing that is not at least evident. Amen. The evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Go in this might of yours, Gideon. What, what, what did he plant into Gideon? His word. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What did he do with Mary? You shall have a son. Come, come on. Stay with me. You shall have a son. And call his name Jesus, right? Be it done unto me. She received the word inseminated into her spirit man, so her spirit womb, so to speak. Amen. She received that word. Be it done unto me according to your word. Boom, power of God. It was done. Amen. You, uh, the Lord is with you. You seed, uh, mighty man of valor, sticking that word and that reality into his spirit. Come on. Stay with me, church. I'm planting something inside of you. And it's the living, abiding word of God. Sha! What happened when the Lord speaks something and it's revelation? When something comes alive. Just like a seed, when the sperm meets the egg, there's the power of God and there's that spirit is put in that baby. Come on. In that seed. That egg. Amen. God puts a word, wants to put a word in your spirit. And he wants to put a word in my spirit. And it is a very, has the power. Listen, when he spoke that into him, all of a sudden, there was the capability to start believing that he was, that he had valor. He didn't have valor before God said it. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> he didn't believe he had valor. No. God put it in there. Now he's got something to work with. Don't tell me you don't have time to read the word. You are absolutely rebel in rebellion. Uh, if, you, if you have that posture or mindset, you need to repent and you need to get saved. I'll tell you what, because when, you are, when you're born as a human being, there's a natural thing. And they say that hunger is the most powerful force on, the, on this earth. Hunger can cause people to wage war. Come on. Hunger can move people to, 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 for war. Why should you have and me not have? Come on. Amen. Well, Glory. I want to stay on track. <clears throat> ha, oh, go in this might of yours and you, you, <laughs> you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Now, everybody in here today is like Gideon. I want you to know something. You're kind of like a Gideon. Average person. But God has a message he wants to plant into your heart and deep into your spirit, into your soul, our souls. That, we, that we're convinced we're ambassadors. We're convinced that we are called to make disciples. We're convinced that we need to be saving souls to share our faith and get out. Get out of the comfort zone. Get out of this. Let's, let's, like, the comfort zone is very weak. Let's get out of our disobedience. Why, let's, let's stop trying to sugarcoat and find words to pat it. Oh, because uh, I want to be spiritually correct with you all. Because I want to hand to you like, because I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want your little feelings to get upset with the truth of Scripture. I, I wanna... Let's get out of our disobedience. If Jesus said, you are the light of the world, what kind of light are you? What kind of light are we? I don't, I don't want this to be personal. I'm just saying it's true. And he said, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its favor, it should be tossed into the dunghill and trampled over. I'm, I'm, I want to get so salty that people have a difficult time being around me. I mean, I, you know, but listen, I mean, that's how salty I want to be. I want them to even just like, oh, man, man, you are salty, dude. In a good way. Have I not sent you? Your dad's not sending you. No leader from Israel sending you. I am sending you. Next verse. Stay with me, Joshua. So he said to him, Gideon says to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? What do you mean I am going to save Israel? But he's posing these questions that are real. And if you're, if you're honest and you allow yourself to connect with Gideon, Gideon's Gideon's processing all three parts of his being. He's got his mind operating. He's got his soul involved in this. 
this discourse, this dialogue. It's affecting his spirit. It's affecting his will. It's affecting his intelligence. It's affecting his emotion. It's affecting his body. Amen. It's affecting every area of his being, what God's saying to him. Have I not sent you? Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Look what his, he says. Indeed. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And me, Lord, I'm the least in my father's house. Why would you even think of choosing me? Say insignificant. Anybody ever felt like that in the kingdom? Oh, if we can see how God sees us, sees, sees us. <laughs> if we can only seize, yo, see how God sees us. Lord, open our eyes. Amen. Next verse. Verse 16. The Lord said to him again, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat, defeat the Midianites as one man. What's happening again? The word of wisdom. Spirit of God prophesying. Revealing a word of wisdom. This is what's going to go down. Now, he had a choice to cooperate with him. Amen? Right? He had free will. And I put this down. Gideon is seemingly an average guy doing what is right in the circumstances and minding his own business when this happened. He was minding his own business. He wasn't seeking God. He was not asking God. He was minding his own business, and God showed up. Who does God think he is anyway? I mean, who does God really think he is showing up when I didn't invite him? Has God ever done that to anybody in here? You mind your own business and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost started prompting you, speaking to you, revealing something, something you need to do. How many times have you, if you think about it and take time to think about it. Have you been at work or around the house with your family, your, in your marriage or whatever else where you had that nudge? And the Spirit of God was trying, lead, trying wanted, to lead, wanted to lead you or I into a, even a conversation. Amen? Or to address something in the Spirit. To pray with your spouse. To pray with your family. Something so simple. But yet so barren. That's going to change. Hallelujah. So Gideon is seemingly an average guy doing what is right in the circumstances, minding his own business. Then God shows up. Verse 12 again, if you drop back. We're going to get to where we get, and I'm not going to drag it out. Hallelujah, but I'm, I'm excited about this. I don't care if God takes the rest of the year to build it into us of who we are because of whose we are. Because this... The whole body of Christ, not this house exclusively. The whole body is called to make a difference. Go ahead. Hallelujah. You know, with everything that God is speaking about, what he's going to do, this is like like um, Gideon right now, and the Lord is putting a seed in us that people are going to come in. This place is going to be full, and they're going to be needy people. 
And God wants to use every single person in this place to help polish up and to help fix and fix every person that's coming in here. <laughs> and it's not just left to us. No, it's the body. But you know what? If we are not convinced about this word, yeah. then we'll never be able to convince them Amen. who they are. Do you, you all with that? Because there's an application of faith. Yeah. When we are so convinced, there is faith <laughs> speaking. Yeah. And faith then is released into others because God is faith. That's good, honey. That's so good. Now, so it, let me ask you a question. Do ambassadors have all the answers? No. I want to, uh, you're answering me, but I want to ask everybody in this room. Do you think that ambassadors, the highest ranking officials sent from one nation to another, have all the answers? All right. That's what the whole thing about getting a grip on the basics is. And it's helping to prepare us to be able to ground in the faith. When they New do, yeah. they have to go back to the council room. We when need we each don't, other. We're an ambassador, but when we don't, we go to the council room, the word of God, and in his presence. Amen. We go to the council room. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And we have each other to get counsel from. Amen. Say right counsel. All right, real quick. Gideon had a difficult time believing what Jesus had said. But he continues to dialogue with the Lord. If you go on with the chapter, he continues to di say dialogue, not monologue. He has a relationship with the, the manifestation of, of the angel of the Lord. He has a dialogue with the Lord and works with him. And God works with Gideon to convince Gideon that he can accomplish what he has called him to do. Read the story. Amen. So, Pastor, what's the point? Say, what's the point? Everybody say, what's the point? The point. God chooses to use everyday people to accomplish great things. We need to believe what God says to us and what God says about us. You're not just a religious group. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Made in his image. Being transformed. God, but listen, there, there's no express lane for transformation. There's no drive-throughs in our growth. We don't get a pass go. <laughs> no, say process. Remember the I had shared this with you a short while ago. The Lord said to me, "You need to believe in the word, the work, the process, and the progress." Say believe in the word, the work. The progress, oh, I'm sorry, the process and the progress. 
Word, work, process, progress. Word, work, process, progress. Word, actually, you could flip them either way, process or progress, but that's how it came to me, so I'm just, I stick to my guns. Amen? Next verse, and uh, we'll get ready to close in just a few moments. 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. I got good news for every one of us in this room. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians, Joshua. Chapter 1, verse 27. <laughs> now listen, the Bible gives us instruction to not think more highly of ourselves than we should. Amen? You all agree? Come on, everybody agree. Hallelujah. I'll get you out of here to get your ham and eggs. Verse 27. Let's read this together. Everybody out loud. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. I don't know about you, but B.C., I was one foolish dude. And I'd be willing to bet that everyone in here, before you gave your life to Christ, there was a foolishness about you. When I thought that hell was what I was living and experiencing on earth, I was foolish. When I thought that I would be partying in hell with my friends, that was foolish. When I was in rebellion and in my sin before God and man, didn't care. I was in a foolish state. I was not the person God, you and I would have chosen to become a child of God. None of us. I mean, I didn't. Come on. You all with me? We were all foolish. But God has chosen foolish things. Hallelujah. Who was Gideon? An everyday guy. Gideon was an everyday guy. When I think of Gideon, I think of, was it Ag uh, Ananias? Who's the one that God chose? You only read about Ananias one time. One time. Ananias, I want you to go to a street called Straight. You will find a man there, Saul of Tarsus. Huh? What? Lord, he, Saul, he's the one that's persecuting your people. Go, I will tell, show him what he must suffer for my name's sake. When you get there, lay hands on him that his eyes would be opened. Come on. And receive the Holy Spirit. Ananias, everyday guy. Say, say everyday guy. Love God. Call to his purpose. Are you ready to be used of God, you everyday folk? I want to say this. Oh, you and I, the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. Hallelujah. God has chosen us the foolish things to put to shame the wise out here. I'll tell you what, you talk about, and Carol mentioned about the squad and the spirit of Jezebel and the government right now. Jeez, I please, God, wake us up to take our place on the wall. He's chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are mighty. 
Carol talked about it, about speaking confusion into the camp of the enemy in Second Chronicles 20, 20, in 2020. 2 Chronicles 20, when God sends out, he does a battle plan that absolutely doesn't make any sense at all. This is how you're going to win, because the battle's not yours, it's mine. Send the praisers out in front of the army. Oh, and tell the army not to bring any weapons. Yeah, Carrie brought it out, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. What, what Pastor Carrie brought forth? Amen? Along these lines? What does he send out? He sends out the praisers against an army of warriors. Three, three countries represented of the, of the enemy. Not the way I would have chosen it in the natural. Amen? What did God say in Isaiah 55? My ways are higher than yours. And my thoughts are a lot higher than your thoughts. Ah, I'm going to mess with the planet. Don't take any weapons out there. Tell the army just to march behind the praisers. Come on. You please see your, see this in the Bible. See God's ways. See it. He fights wars different than any way we would in the natural. I mean, sometimes the wars have to be fought regular war way. But in this instance, God says, I'm going to display something on this planet that has never happened before. This way. Amen. Send the praisers out first. In front of the army. And the army followed them with no weapons. Talk about faith. Come on, guys. They're already outnumbered three to one. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good. Now here's the enemy out there. What are they doing? What are they doing? For the Lord is good. Have that coming at you. And you got weapons and you're a person of war. For the Lord is good. I, I can feel the fear of the, of, of the Lord on me right now. Just really, I can feel it. Whoo! What did Elijah say? Lord, open his eyes, for there's more with us than there are with them. What happens? God brought confusion on the enemy. And they began to fight amongst themselves, and they slew the whole bunch. They killed each other to the last one. I don't know if the last one, if you figure the last one must have thrust himself. <laughs> Look at this bloody mess. Oh, I don't want none of that. Ooh. Well, guys, it's party time. Go get the spoil. We're going in there. This is good news. God is speaking to his church. He's speaking to us. And here's the news as we close. It's harvest time. Say with me, it's harvest time. 
I hope you don't hear Ray Shannon or Carol Shannon or Carrie Shannon today. Hear the heart of the Father. It's harvest time. And that he is coming soon. Say, he is coming soon. And lastly, say this about us. We are his ambassadors. Amen. And we're going to stop there. Close. Well, yeah, stop there. Please stand with me. Father, in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter if there's many or few. You took Gideon. You need it. You always have a point person. You took Gideon and you revealed your heart. You revealed a plan. You gave him a vision and a mission. And you have given us vision and a mission from the Word. Holy Spirit, I thank you and we thank you that it's not of ourselves. But we were born for such a time as this. And every person in this room is so unique. And so important to you, to one another, and to a lost and dying world. Father, please give us your heart. Help us to see and help us to hear. Help us to know and help us to grow. That we would be doers of the work, effectual hearers, in Jesus' holy name. I pray and we pray that we, our life this week will be fruitful, multiplying, replenishing, subduing, and having dominion. But Lord, fruitful, revive us. Increase your light in our hearts and through our lives, please. Make us really salty <laughs> that we will have an effect on those around us to help reveal the love of the Father and the kingdom of God in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Hallelujah. Just to encourage everybody. <clears throat> Remember, I don't know if everybody at the tables um, that we were getting a grip on the basics, if it, this was mentioned, but we kind of all agreed that we were all going to start reading Acts together and um, to get us in the habit of reading. And um, so I think we should be on day. I send a text out. Hey, guys, the ones that are at my table, and if I'm sending a text to you, 